So I have another quote for you. Um, it's not really um, from an intellectual scholar, but still I think his words are great to pump you up on a very bad day. Um, and he says, we're going to win more, we're going to live more, we the best. <laughs> Do you know who said that? <laughs> DJ Khaled. Khaled. <laughs> I, think I, I think, is it DJ Khaled or just... Yeah, DJ yeah, yeah. Khaled. <laughs> I thought it was, yeah, I thought... When you say we're the best, I'm like, we're the best I music. Have, yeah, I'm I should have put more pump into yeah. that, you know. <laughs> I, <forget. laughs> no. I'm thinking, I, I don't worry, it wasn't, it was, the way you said it wasn't totally off, I thought it was me thinking, having second thoughts, that it's just DJ Khaled. Yeah, DJ Khaled. So, um, leading into that, have you always been someone who is driven? Or, actually, let me um, re- rephrase that have you always been um, driven to achieve your best life Mm. because we can all be driven but it might not be in the right things but rather influenced by peer pressure so um, take me back to your teenage years Mm. how would you define yourself then and how do you think you've changed I think I've always been driven I've always had I've been a planner I remember even prior to my teenage years, when I was eight years old, I sat down with my, um, I had a, a timeline, a numerical timeline, like different numbers going up to like 100 in front of, on my table. And I remember planning. At 23, I was eight, mind you. 23, I was going to, after I graduate from university, I'm going to get married. <laughs> 25, I'm going to have my first child. Okay. And I've been always, <laughs> when I started year seven, one of the first things I said to people was, I can't wait to graduate from sixth form. <laughs> and I remember people thinking, why are you thinking about sixth form now? Yeah. And I've always had a plan and I've been trying to work for a purpose. And I really give credit to my parents, especially my dad. Um, always making me think big mm-hmm. so by the time it got to my teenage life I think I wasn't led astray mm-hmm. by external factors as easily mm-hmm. because I had a very strong foundation of I have a goal to achieve but I'm not going to do anything to mess up that goal yeah. and when it came to yes yeah 11 I, and year 10 I took my GCSEs very seriously I studied like inhumanely mm-hmm. for yeah, and I got good grades. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've, I'd like to say I've been quite driven, quite mm-hmm. consistent mm-hmm. in my drive mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. Do you, could you see a maturity or change in that since you was in secondary school compared to where you are now? I think the change from where I was before to where I am now is that um, I've been, the drive has come a lot from myself because unlike when you're in an institution, you're with other your peers and you're also influenced by by them about what you know everyone is trying to achieve a goal and mm. what I sometimes what I thought I wanted to do wasn't actually what I wanted to do mm. um, and then at one point um, I was striving really high because I wanted to get a lot of financial success mm. and I was driven because I wanted to at one stage in my life mm. <laughs> for a very short period yeah. I was driven quite a lot because I thought oh, this person's making a lot of money in this summer internship. I need to be doing the same as well. And I mm. worked quite hard in order to pass these numerical tests. That I also always failed. <laughs> um, but I think now my drive has really come from a lot of myself. And it's nearly come from entirely myself. Mm. And I wasn't... When you say yourself, are you saying yourself in the sense of 
what you desire to do. I'm not doing yeah what I what I desire to do rather um, than what other people have. what other people expect what other people expect me to do mm-hmm. and what sounds good because mm-hmm. I think from the university we went to at times, you know it was sometimes people take jobs and when people are saying they're going to be doing such amazing things post university or you can do such amazing things post-university, it kind of made me, at times, feel like I need to have a very impressive title. Mm. Um, and I think re- I've come to the conclusion that I have to do... Of what I did at that time, I wanted... Myself, I actually wanted to do that kind of job. It wasn't entirely like, oh, everyone, everyone else is doing it. But I've, um, I'm doing something that maybe I wouldn't have uh, wanted to do back in you know a few years ago but it's making me happy yeah um and it's it, it yeah it's making me happy mm. and i'm a lot more reliant on myself in terms mm. of like planning my planning my future mm-hmm. i hear you i think definitely reflecting on um my journey in union since we went to the same uni together there is a lot of peer pressure of a title there is a lot of peer pressure of a salary and none of these things are wrong mm. but it's such a shame if you live life for impressing other people. Mm. It's such a shame if you live life, um, you know, for titles, for mm. that, you know, vice president of this and that. I mean, if you're just doing it for the titles, after a while you will sit in your rocking chair when you're old and think, why did I just live life for titles? Why did I just live life for prestige? And I think it's so rich if you choose to live life what God has called you to do mm. you choose to live life for your own des- the desires that he's put in your heart um, and so I think it's an important thing to reflect and I think it's, life is just a journey we don't get anything we, nothing is going to be perfect the way we do things we all have to go through experiences to realise oh my gosh I actually don't want to do this anymore mm. I actually want to do that I actually don't want to just live for other people's um, in- you know other people's praises i actually want to do what god has called me to do um and just going back to your story of nicaragua it was a a perfect example of you saying you know what i've got a graduate job and um i'm gaining decent income but i actually want to push myself out my comfort zone and i actually want to challenge myself um and what advice would you give to someone not someone that's not only someone that's just graduated but someone who is in a job and they're just like you know what I feel like the Lord has called me to do something else one I don't know how I'm going to do it two I don't know when it's going to take place but I just know that I'm not supposed to be here and I'm just waiting for that moment to leave um what advice would you give them I would like to tell that person that if they're in a situation where financially um, they're able to leave that position, um, then leave. Mm. And that and things it sounds quite cliche, but you know when you pray about it, things will fall into pr- place. Um, and because being in that situation is going to make you very miserable, and the more you you stay, the more miserable you're going to become and the more difficult it will seem to leave mm. and there were times where I'm like why am I leaving you know why am I I'm comfortable here but if you're not comfortable with being so comfortable 
then make yourself uncomfortable and do something and do something about it and just go look for opportunities and if you can't leave immediately or in the imminent future keep looking at at other possibilities and researching so it gives you that drive mm. to okay I, I still can't remain here because yeah. there's nothing you know I'm my job wasn't terrible I don't want to make it seem as if my previous job was bad it was an amazing job amazing organization but if you're if you're if you're not comfortable then you have to do something about it mm. otherwise it'll just be a dream yeah and I love what you said there you said if you're not comfortable with being comfortable mm. Then leave, and that's so good. And sometimes we in a place where I'm just so comfortable, like everything is great. My colleagues are great. I love this job, in the sense where you know there's benefits, there's perks, but this is just comfortability. And I feel like the Lord has called me to, to an uncomfortable place, mm-hmm. and you're uncomfortable with being comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, as you said, going back to that place of praying. Mm. Um, asking God for wisdom and advice asking mm. God when is the right time to leave also being logical can I financially just leave and just be mm. unemployed probably if not then no mm. if yes then you know strategically plan so it's just that aspect where it talks about in James faith and works you know mm. you have the faith you have the trust in God but you have to actively work that faith mm. out and apply wisdom um, so yeah thanks Abby mm. <laughs> Okay, so relationships. I think since our journey of being friends, uh, relationships have always been a topic we have spoken about. And I think the stronger our relationship as friends have grown, the more open we have been about how we perceive other relationships in our lives, whether that's friendship, family, or, you know, a sweetheart, whatever you want to call it. I'll leave that there for now. The most important relationship I think a person can ever develop in their life is their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, when would you say was the beginning of you developing your relationship with God? And what would you say was the catalyst for you to surrender to Jesus? Um, I grew up in a Christian household, so I've always had the idea of God and the belief in God wasn't anything new to me mm. but I think I remember it was Christian week mm-hmm. in LSC um, and I just went to a talk I think I think I went to a talk by myself I can't remember who I went with um, and it was a talk and it was open to like any, people of all faiths mm. and um, I heard a, a pastor a, um, I heard like uh, a pastor talking there and he was talking about the Bible and he was reading like passages from the Bible and it was like whoa, God is real like this isn't a joke mm. and I've heard the Bible I've read the Bible as a child and I had a children's Bible and I read it over and over again <laughs> and I read, I've listened to the Bible, listened to people reading the Bible a lot in church um, growing up in um, my family church but I don't know why but this particular moment February 2000 and I think it was February 2000 and um, I want to say 14 or 13 February 2000 maybe yeah a few years ago um, that it really just whoa it just really hit me like God is real yeah February 2014 sorry God is real and this is the truth and this is this is the truth it just it was the bible became clear as day yeah. it was it, it stopped being an abstract story and yeah. it became 
like it's I need to I need to I need to know more about this as an adult. Mm. Um, so then I started. Um, it was yeah, it was a bit of a eureka moment, and I thought, wow, like I'm not putting God at the center of my life. It's I always prayed before going to bed. It was like something I always do. I always I've always did, but but I always felt like. I left God to when I need something I'm gonna pray. Okay. In this example I'm gonna pray. Yeah. When I want something I'm gonna pray. Yeah, yeah. And um it was I realised I wasn't putting God at the centre and I realised mm. I really wasn't. I was putting as if it was like a you know, I, I really wasn't putting God at the centre and that really um that set set the scene and a few other things set the scene a bit more but that was the moment where I thought I need to take God seriously mm, mm. so it was it was hearing the gospel as clear as day yeah. and being like oh my god God is real yeah. and you know what the Bible says is true and mm. I have to make a decision am mm. I going to believe that Jesus is Lord and Saviour of my life mm. or am I going to just be like eh, I'll just live for myself mm. and I'm very glad that you came to this point where I'm actually going to live for, for Christ and I'm mm. going to grow and understand more of who he is mm. and develop my relationship with him. Mm. Um, so, yeah, mm. that's good. That's a good place to be in. Um, so the last question I have for you, um, that I think every woman, every time you know you you meet another woman and after a while you're talking, you might be having a coffee, um, catching up. And the question always comes up about relationships in terms of dating. And are you single? Are you in a relationship? Are you married? Are you engaged? Um, so I, if just, you know, with soul to soul conversation being transparent, and I think you have a lot of experience in terms of, um, traveling a lot of experience of um meeting new people mm. and i think you're a very sociable person as well um well, thank you <laughs> just gassing you here girl. I know, but it's not even gassing it's true <laughs> but i was it's nice saying... coming from other people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but in terms of dating experience um what would you say you have learned from previous romantic relationships you've been in and the current relationship you are in now hmm. um there's been a lot of things i've learned and i think where i was spiritually in my previous previous relationship um i didn't really know god the way i know god now mm. and i actually became a really identified as a christian mm. very proudly when i was in my previous relationship mm. and that that actually gave me the courage to leave the relationship mm. I was mm. I wasn't at that time and um, I think what I I learnt is patience and I although I'm also saying you know if you don't like your job leave whatever mm. but I really did what um, I really learnt to be patient and to let things go out, see it through, and try to work hard and persevere. Mm. And I think God made it clear as day mm. at the right time that I need to leave this relationship. Mm. You know, literally being in church and God was just literally speaking, speaking to me mm. and put me in a situation where I knew I wasn't happy mm. and I had to leave. Mm. 
and God was just speaking to me in that service and I tell people the whole story and people get goosebumps about it mm. and God just revealing to revealing himself that if I, I was with someone that didn't believe in God mm. and I, the opportunity to believe in God was also you know we were at church and it was also clear for both of us mm. that God is real at mm. all something is in, it wasn't I, I wouldn't I, say if, yeah. if it was for me it was clear that God was real but he knew that something was going on here in this mm. service and that was opportunity that if he if God is trying to enter his life and he doesn't he completely rejected this like what is this weird ish that's going on yeah. in this church He's, he was like literally fleeing like I need yeah. to get out he couldn't wait to get out this yeah. he knew something was going on yeah because that com- when you told me that story it actually shed goosebumps so I yeah. would love you to you know shed some light on that story because you, your previous relationship with someone that didn't believe in the Lord and mm. you started growing in a relationship with the Lord and you surrendered your life to Christ and you was with someone that didn't have faith in Christ mm. um, and I think when you told me the story about how um, God revealed himself to him and he rejected him and that was the catalyst of you think of you realizing no I need to let this relationship end mm. was so powerful um, and it's just a story that shows that God sees everything mm. and he desires all man to be saved mm. but we all have a decision to make so could you take us back to that moment can you share okay. that story where okay. you was at church and um, what happened there so I, I was with my um, um in that previous relationship, I was with my ex-partner, mm. and then we went to church, mm. and we sat at the top, at the back, and I hate sitting at the back for church, I can't see you at my glasses, and I like to sing along with the <laughs> lyrics, so I was not happy that we were late, and we, I always planned to be, I planned to be early, and then the bus took a diversion, it went the wrong way, it just, no, the bus driver was new or something, he just completely went off track, so we were, we didn't go to the, the church as quickly as I had planned yeah I left enough time yeah so we got there late we sat at the top back row and I was not happy <laughs> and um the pastor at the time well the pastor mm. um that was speaking um was doing delivering his um sermon and mm. then he just stopped halfway he just stopped and said there's someone at the top back mm-hmm. row he just stopped his whole sermon yeah and addressed the person the man at the top back he does yeah. not believe in God. Yeah. Um, that, and we were literally the only people at the back. <laughs> there wasn't any people. He said that God is making him save his message. And so there was many people that were at the back. No, there were, there were, we were the only, he, he's addressed the top, he looked up and yeah. said the person at the top back row. Okay. There and, wasn't, and let's give some context because this church is huge. It's huge. There's it's like huge. a thousand people. It's a mega church. The mega church. <laughs> so the top back row is just not like a few um, people. There's yeah. a lot of people at the top back row. Yeah. But yeah, we were. But we were like where we in the row we were. We were the only. Really, I think if I remember correctly, there wasn't really anyone either side of us. Yeah. But he, so so. He stopped what he was doing. He was delivering. He was like halfway through, and he just said that God is telling him to stop and interrupt and wants to speak to someone at the top back. Yeah. And say to them that um, you're going through a difficult time. Yeah. And you don't believe in God. Yeah. And more, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, you may not see God as helping you right now, but you just really want to say that all this. He kept referencing things that was going through my ex's life at yeah. the time. That was so like specific to his life about 
so many other things and you're waking up and you don't know what you're doing with your life so God just wants to just open your life to God the, the pastor was saying and it was so specific to my ex and I was like this is awkward as what no this is awkward I didn't actually look at my ex I was actually shocked that this is scary and this is awkward and I can't I feel like this is no coincidence but I just kept there looking like wow he's actually talking about and I thought, I wonder if he thinks he's talking about him. <laughs> so we just left we left the church. And then he came out. And then he's like, what the hell was that? What, mm. what was this on hidden cameras? Like, what is going on? Why was the pastor talking about me? <laughs> and this is someone that does not believe in God at all. But he actually said, why was the pastor talking about him? Like, what's going on? There must be some magic thing. Or he actually thought there were cameras going around. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, but even if there were cameras going around, yeah. how would the cameras know? The cameras could see him. Yeah. But how can the cameras see that? Every no, aspect no of your life. No, no, his story, yeah. They may have seen that. He may have not been interested. Yeah. So maybe they used it to connect. But he just couldn't fathom like, what was going on. He thought it was weird. And he said he's never going, he's not going there again. Um, he just found it too weird. But I've just never seen, for the, this is the lead pastor of the church, to be stopping his sermon and just address the man or the person. He may have not seen this happen, but the person at the top back row that's going through a very difficult time. Mm. Um... That was powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that made me realize that I need to leave this relationship because I was in a lot of. I couldn't see myself moving forward with someone when I was trying to grow my faith in Christ, mm-hmm. and I'm with someone that is not supportive or encouraging or willing to be in the same walk with me. Yeah, and I kept thinking, oh, maybe with time. Maybe with time, things were going to change. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't changing. And I thought, let me just take this guy to church. And I mm-hmm. took him to church. And this was the opportunity where it could have been the, the game changer. Yeah. And it couldn't have been any clearer for him to maybe realise, oh my gosh, maybe God is in my life. And mm-hmm. he couldn't see it at that time, whether mm-hmm. he wasn't ready. It mm-hmm. just, he couldn't handle it. And I thought, I can't keep waiting around because I'm never going to... This opportunity that happened for him to see God, it was so clear for me, for a lot of people would have seen it as whoa but he couldn't at that particular yeah. moment so I had to for I have to leave I yeah. can't keep waiting around yeah I think that's a the first time I heard that story gave me goosebumps but it just made me laugh because yeah. I was like god you're so funny yeah you know for for him to do that um I think it was for when I heard that story it was uh experience that he wanted both of you to go through together mm. because mm. it could have been where he had that experience by himself you know but he wanted you to both go through that experience together for you to see that I actually love your ex mm. and I want the best for um, for his life and I actually see every aspect of his day as I see every aspect of your day and I actually speak to him the way I speak to you like I, I speak to you both but you're listening to me and you've surrendered to me mm. and he's not and I'm spoken to him in a way where he has to have this revelation that um, I exist but yeah he's still chosen not to surrender to me Mm. um and who knows um when he will do that and we um we hope to god that one day he will have that revelation that the lord is there but i think at that moment it was also a a eureka moment for you to be like okay god i i i I see what you're doing here now Mm. and i see the revelation and i think it's a really encouraging story because there are a lot of common stories um where christian women or christian men are with somebody that doesn't have the same faith as mm-hmm. them and they're going through a conflicting time of i actually love this person 
and I actually am, um, find them attractive and I actually enjoy their company. But when it comes to the foundational aspect of faith, they're not there. And they're in, the, they're in this place where they're just battling of should I stay or should I go? And, it, and I think what encourages me about your story is that God cares about those stories. Mm. He's just not going, well, I already told you not to be unequally yoked. I already told you, you know, he actually cares. And he sees that wrestle in your heart. And he's, and he's, he's there to be like, I can make it easier for you as, as much as you want me to. If you don't fight me, I can help you through. And you're still here. You're still standing. You're still living. You're still breathing. Mm. You left that relationship, but you're still breathing. You're still living. You're still moving. You're still, you know, there's, there's, challenging challenging days um in life as much as there's happy days but we still grow you know and that story i really hope and i'm sure is going to encourage so many people mm-hmm. who listen in because it shows that god cares about every aspect mm-hmm. of our lives not when we're just doing things perfectly for him which we're rarely doing but even when we're places where we're just battling against the truth he's still he's still there and he still cares so thank you so much for you know sharing that amazing story it's such a funny but um eye-opening testimony so i really really um yeah it's blessed me anyway 